I'm a different breed, got your bitch on me Feeling like I'm Curry, balling on your team How you do this shit, they keep asking me Bitch, I came to win, so I shoot the three On my chain what is going on ladies and gentlemen this is your boy rufus we're back with another episode of rufus rundown the final episode of season four 14th episode i think it's the most we've ever had in a season ever so consistency still wasn't at its finest uh this year but but we still were able to get more episodes i think that we've ever got in an entire season which i'm very very proud of so we got I think eight voicemails to get to, or seven, seven calls to get to, and a text as well. Um, a lot of it NFL based, a couple of hot takes in there, um, and then I got a couple of takes to get to uh, afterwards. We're gonna talk about Derek Carr uh, and the Raiders, Russell Wilson having his own office, and the Luka Doncic tear, and then of course I'll make my college football playoff picks for the games later today, and the NFL picks for this weekend but i do want to introduce something that's going to be coming within the new year one take at a time so you know i these take a lot of time like the hour shows and stuff they're they're harder to do Uh, i need to bring on more guests and that's the goal of those and i'm still going to be doing these hour shows you know throughout the year but more consistency more consistency is what i'm looking for and one take at a time is going to be my way to do that so it's a new rendition of the show and that's what it's going to be one take at a time you know whether it's daily or every other day um more consistently throughout the week you know i'm gonna post at least four or five times just one take you know whether it's five to ten minutes research on one specific topic or one take that i want to make and it's going to be throughout the week more consistent and more thoughts instead of trying to just dive deep into five or six topics a day i just don't have the time to do it but I can make more of a push, you know, in terms of the consistency with just, you know, one take at a time. So that's going to be the goal of the show. That's going to be coming in the new year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Really excited about that. Uh, like I said, the shorter the video, it's maybe I'm able to edit more, maybe we'll put more together, maybe we'll research, like just what specifically what I want to talk about with that. Um, and I'm really excited to see um, what the results of that can be within the new year because it's got to be the fifth year of the show which it's hard to believe for me i'm sure for a lot of people have been listening for a long time uh five years it's just crazy crazy to think that this is going to be the fifth year um of the show i never i don't even know like i said i really didn't know truthfully what i wanted out of it to begin with but five years is gonna just it's just immense it's just immense and i can't uh, i can't be thankful enough for the support that i've had and that includes the calls that we are about to get to so we're gonna head to the phone lines right now hey Lucas, it's Owen. i just want to talk about the Pats game last week you know you come back from a really good game i went to the game the game was really good you know everybody in the stands thought you know it's gonna be a, it was becoming a good game you know patriots gonna come back they're gonna win but you know patricia's just gotta go i'm, I'm sorry bringing bill o'brien i'm like rooting for bill o'brien to come back um, there's a zappy champ. Here's the thing, though. It's not Mac. When you're running the same three plays, like, dude, there ain't no way every single person in that stadium knew football. And half the fans I was around at that game knew what it was going to be. We were like halfback draw, a dumbass screen, or an outside zone. All right? Get the get Patricia the fuck out of there. He, he's not worthy. And also, hey, Morrow, I know you're listening to this, too. Fuck the Jets. 
I mean, you know, both the Jets and Patriots still with a shot at the uh, shot at the playoffs there, and it's gonna you know it's big for the Patriots this week. It's a big uh, big opportunity to get to the playoffs, but it also could be a big opportunity. You know, if uh, Bill Belichick loses to a first year head coach and a backup quarterback at home with the playoffs on the line to a division rival. Uh, that's that's just not a good look for what's already been a tough year for Bill uh, and his coaching staff. I agree. I, I don't. I I still. I I'm being personally. I don't know if I think Bill O'Brien is the answer, but it is certainly better than what Matt Patricia has provided. Now listen, with Matt Patricia, you know I didn't. No, I, again, you hire a defensive coach to to coordinate the offense. It's a strange call, but I didn't rule it out at first because if you to in order to be you know, good at your job as a defensive coach, you have to understand what offenses do, so you just kind of flip the script. So I didn't rule out Matt Patricia maybe having some success as a play caller offensively. But it is clear at this point that that is the case, that he is not going to be a successful offensive coordinator, has not been an offensive successful offense coordinator, one of the worst offenses in the league, and he has some weapons to work with too. Um, I'm not putting that on Mac because Mac looked pretty pretty solid as a rookie under Josh McDaniels. You know, the regression I would not put on uh, Mac Jones. Is he part of the problem? Yes. There's some stuff that, I, I, in terms of his attitude, where he kind of he kind of gives me spoiled brat vibes. You know, growing up playing tennis, country club style kid, um, in terms of how he reacts, diving at knees and doing some dirty stuff on the field. Yeah, he seems kind of spoiled in the sense that he doesn't get what he wants. You know, he reacts in a poor way, and I'm not, not, I'm not sure if i'm a big fan of his attitude um or who the kid is you know internally how he responds to adversity but it still comes down to the fact that i think that they have zero play calling ability and there's no one helping him out in the creativity department he has he's pretty much on his own out there as a quarterback so yeah patricia having to be gone i agree with is that i still think bill o'brien's a buffoon at the end of the day his texans tenure and of course for bama too I think he lost in that national championship with some of his play calling taking the you know really again um, harming the ability that Bryce Young has. I think they just handcuffed Bryce Young a lot, took the ball out of his hands a lot in terms of the reads and the RPOs and everything. Like just dude, just let the guy make a let the guy go make a play. He's a Heisman winner. Um, did I mean again? But that was that that was just my feelings there again again with the Texans. I still think it's a buffoon, but either way, he's a better option than Matt Patricia. Um, yeah, game last week with the, with the Patriots, the fumble there. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson fumbled the football late. Uh, they tried to make the comeback effort. You know, the Bengals did, were pretty much doing everything they could to throw that game away, and then you know, the Patriots again find a way to lose. These are close games that you know the a lot of Patriots fans are used to them winning, and. You know, unable to come out on top. Still, you know, they still have outside hopes for uh, playoff chances, and they have, you know, beating Miami would be a big piece of that. Uh, probably gonna have to go beat Buffalo as well too. But you got to start with Miami, and again, I don't. I'm not saying Bill's seat is on fire in terms of you know getting fired because there aren't there really aren't gonna be many better options out there. But reality is, uh, he's definitely got some questions to answer. To, to Robert Kraft, and as much as he doesn't like the media, he has some questions to answer to the media too, um, in terms of some of the decisions he's made with, you know, the coaching staff, 
that really being the big thing because like he's not really in control of the offense, but his decisions in terms of who is that that is a problem. He has to answer to that, and some of these games and how they've gone down, especially the you know in terms of the discipline, the discipline. It's just a team and lacking discipline. There's definitely some you know there's there's some question marks. There's some question marks there. And we're gonna see how he responds to the off season. Uh, he breaks away from his w- ways of you know. They, they say a lot of times in life, you know, it doesn't matter what degree you have or it doesn't matter where you go to school. It's not a matter of what you know. It's a matter of who you know. Well, it's it's clearly prevalent in Bill Belichick's relationships with his coaches. Like, hey, I know these guys. I trust them. We're going to figure out a way instead of hiring a guy that's qualified to be an offensive coordinator. Because it is clear at this point that Matt Patricia is not. So, you know, the whole it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Uh there's some relevance to that, and there's some relevance with that with Bill, and he's going to have to change that, I think. And, you know, he's, he's up there in age. There's, there's no guarantees he does change that, I think, for this, the Patriots to find success. So we'll see, you know, how he adapts, how he responds. And this is this is looking like, for me personally, a team that doesn't make the playoffs and regresses. And you do not want that when you have a second quarterback who had a very good year uh, as a rookie quarterback. Or as a team who's found, a lot, you know, is, is in, have as, as much cap taken up as the Patriots do, um, and has had as much success as they do. Um, this is and, and you know where they're expected to have success because of their cap and because of the talent they have on the roster. Um, this would just not be, you know, especially for Patriots fans, um, an acceptable season if they weren't to make the playoffs. Even if they do at nine and eight, what are the realities of them beating the Chiefs or whoever the two seed is in the first round if they sneak in as that seven seed? So. Again, tough, tough year for the Patriots. Again, that's one of our things. They're going to be on the outside looking in, and there's going to be some serious questions to answer. But, yeah, getting Matt Patricia out there is going to be a, um, a a big key for the Patriots to find success in the future. Next up, we have one of our favorite callers from New York. New York Jets following up that Patriots call there. We're going to go to more New York. What's happening, Lucas? It's your boy, Timothy, a.k.a. Anthony, a.k.a. The Great. Uh, I just want to say, you know, Zach Wilson selling another game for us, possibly even selling our playoff host away. Fuck Zach Wilson, fuck BYU, fuck Mormons. And, um, yeah, I hope we get Lamar. You know, we got everything he could want. You know, we can beef up the whole line a little bit, but, hey, that would be our savior right there. You know, saving this. We get Lamar in New York, and no one's stopping us. Top tier defense, well, I'm not fucking insane offense, but in the meantime, as I did last week, fuck the Patriots, fuck BYU, fuck that close and fuck the Mormons. Get your boss. Making it into the dance. Whether they do or not, I still see it as a successful season. I mean, you've built up, you know, as a, you know, a pretty good young receiving core. Um, Garrett Wilson's looked really good. Brees Hall looked really good leading up to the injury. Um, the defense has been solid under Robert Saleh. So, I mean, there is a, there's a lot to look forward to with the New York Jets. Yeah, like you had mentioned that there there is some you know some offensive line stuff that they can certainly fix, but you know if they do happen to find a way to get Lamar Jackson to New York, I mean that that that's someone that Josh Allen and the and the Bills, the Patriots, the Dolphins, doesn't matter who, like they do not want to see Lamar Jackson twice a year, and you're instant you instantly have you have it's arguably the best, if not definitely the second best. Um, quarterback in that division if they do get Lamar Jackson and I think it, it immediately makes them a contender 
with the playmakers they have on offense and the defense that they've put together there under Robert Sala. So, um, yeah, no, I think Lamar would certainly help. I'm not entirely sure, uh, again, if the Jets are going to be a team that makes it into the dance as well. I still think the Dolphins uh, are looking pretty solid to get there, even with the backup situation going on now. Uh, but they're still, they have you know, great talent in the receiver core. But yeah, the Jets certainly have a bright future. I think the Jets, you know, have one of the brighter futures of that AFC East because, you know, I think that them and the Dolphins right there, just trying to figure out a quarterback situation, you know, two with the head injuries. And, of course, Zach Wilson not being an answer in New York. Uh, I think both those teams have a brighter future than the Patriots do for sure. Uh, we'll see what it amounts to this year in terms of um, their playoff hopes. But, yeah, Lamar would certainly help in New York. And Zach Wilson has definitely not been the answer for the New York Jets. Next up, we got a call from Alabama. This is Holden Wilson. Here to give a hot take. Ah, never mind. We tried. Hulk, you tried. You tried, Hulk. I will give you that. You did did give it an effort. Anyways, up to the next call. Let's see what we got. Lucas, what's going on, boy? Your teammate, Pat. I got uh, one question for you so you can put it on the air. Do you or do you not think that Jettas will be able to reach 2,000 receiving yards this season? Yes or no, let me know what's up. All right. All right, Pat, appreciate the call. I think Pat, Pat, first time caller right there, Pat. Appreciate that. Uh, do, do I think he can get to 2K? What's he at? Six, 1, 000, is he at like 1,600 right now? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna take a peek at the uh, the stats right now. We got so we got two weeks. He's gonna put up basically, I think 200 yards a week. Where's he sitting on uh, the season? No, he got seven 1,756 yards right now, like right this second. So he's he's gotta put up a little over 200 yards in two weeks. Yeah. He'll hit 2K. He, there's, I, I think he should break Megatron's record. I think he should break Megatron's record. He has to break the receiving record. I mean, I mean, the only, I mean, because they're still going to be competing for the one seed, depending on what happens uh, with these Eagles games. That might be the only like true drawback I, I think with Justin Jefferson is that if you know they decide to sit some of their better players, considering how seeding's looking. But I think regardless, they're going to be pushing. Especially considering that there are no guarantee games for the Vikings because every game is a close game. And we are still not entirely sure if they are frauds or for real yet. But yeah, no. Nah. I mean, I think Jefferson, if he does end up playing these last two games, there's, there's no, he should he should break that record. What a year he's had. All right? This is a guy that's a receiver that should be an MVP conversation because he's helped out Kirk Cousins a ton. Um, and again, it's still a unique thing with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota because really it was Stefan Diggs that was traded for him in terms of the picks. So like, it's kind of cool to see that Stefan and then to be replaced that, you know, it's worked out for both of those teams very well, but yeah, Jefferson, he should, he's got to get, can he get two? I mean, he's got to average basically hundred yards a game, a little over that. Uh, I think he should be able to do that. I think he will. Uh, I think the record will be his. Of course, the extra game is going to be a huge help in terms of him setting that record. Uh, the added game, this is something that we had talked about, uh, or at least I had written an article about a while back. You can check it out on the uh, at therupusrundown.com. 
Um, but like the the impact of these um, the added game and what it would mean on records of, and obviously guys that have played 16 games a season, like how they set the record. So um, obviously that additional game is going to be a huge help to him breaking that record. But even still, even in one game, probably still an opportunity for the way that Justin Jefferson's played this year to break that record. So we'll see. But uh, definitely see him. I definitely see him breaking that record as long as the, the the playing time, you know, does end up working out. Next up, going to a caller from Tennessee. What's up? This is Nathan Cisco, quarterback, uh, Titans fan. This is Friday morning. I'm uh, reflecting a little bit on the game last night. First thing I gotta say, Cowboys are first round exits. They're wildly overrated. They. <laughs> struggled to beat a USFL football team, one of the most injured teams in NFL history, only second to the team, the Titans, last year uh, and their injured selves. I also got to say that I think the Titans are going to beat the Jags next week with Josh Dobbs at QB, and Josh Dobbs has a chance to be, to do what Nick Foles did uh, with the Eagles not too many years ago. With Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, uh, Robert Woods, who had a little bit of the drops last night but later redeemed himself. himself. Um, Jeffrey Simmons coming back, Christian Fulton coming back. There's a lot of weapons coming back for that game next week. I think they beat the Jags. I think they beat the Ravens the next round. And then the momentum's crazy. We're riding on Josh Dobbs, baby. Let's go. Tighten up. You know, I think the world would just burn if that ended up actually happening. Cisco, thanks for the call. Um, listen, I, Josh Dobbs, Tennessee alum. You know, he's back home. Yeah, the the thing that the, with the Cowboys there, we're, the the thing is they're going to be playing the NFC South straight off the rip, and it's probably going to be the Buccaneers. It's probably going to be Tom Brady. And there's going to be some stuff going on there. There is some sell your soul to the devil type stuff going on with Tom Brady at this point at his age. And that's probably... A, or it could be my Saints. It's going to be a, a team with a losing record in the NFC South that has a home game. And it, it, it might get ugly for Cowboys fans. That is a true statement. The Titans looking as bad as they have. Uh, also, you know, Josh Dobbs, oh, off of what? He, he Eight days ago, they signed him to play that game. Poor guy. Uh, the Cowboys did cover, though. I think the spread was 13 and a half, and they, they won by 14. So, or at least that's what it was. I think it opened at three and a half. But as, you know, more injuries came out, and Tennessee was just so depleted, it shifted 10 points from when it opened, which is incredible. Incredible for a team that was leading the division a playoff team. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll get to my picks later. I'll see what it is spread-wise. I, I think the Jags, I've, I've predicted the Jags to have won that division for, like, two weeks now, I think. My last episode, I definitely said I, I think came out, or one of them before that, where I think the Jags were, you know, gonna claim that division crown. And I still think so. I still think the, you know, the Titans have that bright future. I don't know if you can lean on Malik Willis as much for that. But it, it's, it, yeah, the injuries, they have just been absolutely destroyed um, by injuries. Um, obviously, Ryan Tannehill hasn't been as good as that first year that we saw him um, in Tennessee. Um, I 
think the, the biggest thing that was a you know crushing blow of this Tennessee franchise was when they had opportunities uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, and they missed on those opportunity that opportunity um, again. Defensively, pretty solid team, but have been banged up defensively. You know, a very solid team, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, obviously, a strong running game. The offensive line has been injured. Taylor Wontaire and his ACL injuries have you know really you know haunted him later on in his career. Uh, but the offensive line being the biggest glaring weakness of this Titans team with the back of quarterback. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the only the, the thing is with the the comparison to Philly is that like. It's tough. It, it's tough. The comparison to Philly is that this Philly was so much more better off. They had everything, and that's when you know, Wentz got hurt, and they went to Foles. Um, listen, not ruling anything out because the Jags, the Jags. This is going to be. This is an AFC South um, masterpiece. We're ready. To, we're ready to paint here to see who goes. Um, Who's going to the playoffs? Because it's going to come down to that. I'm believe that that last, that last week. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm 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 rolling with the Jags, but again, it would not shock me to see the Titans do something crazy with Josh Jobs. Because I think you know people are starting to look at Mike. I mean, I know a lot of injuries, but I think people are still starting to look at Mike Rabel. Uh, you know, a little unsure uh, of exactly how much the future holds for the Tennessee Titans. But Cisco, thanks again for the call. We're gonna hit a text line real quick. We got one text here. Not really a hot take, but San Francisco wins the Super Bowl over Buffalo. Defense is way better than any offense out there. AFC or NFC. I'm not sure I total I mean, the offense has been, you know, very, very good, but with a rookie quarterback, I'm not entirely sure I can agree with that statement. That's that's. I mean, they've looked really good with Purdy. Don't get me wrong, but at some point they're gonna run into some growing pains of Brock Purdy, and unfortunately, the timing of that is gonna put them, you know, purely in that playoff space of time. And if you run into struggles in the playoffs, there's no coming back from that. You know, you will get bounced. It's bound to happen. I don't think we're gonna have. You know, Purdy's going to play the rest of the season perfectly. So you better hope he runs with his growing pains in the regular season. And it's going to hurt your seating. So we'll see. We'll see. And hope that he can bounce back from it. But, you know, strong. It, it is It is true. I mean, I do think that they, you know, realistically, if they still had Jimmy G, they'd be a, they're 100% of a Super Bowl contender. I still think they're a Super Bowl contender as well. Um, you know, they have a very well-balanced offense. The defense has looked, you know, solid, but they've had some suspect performances as well. I'm not 100% sold on the defense. Um, but I do like Kyle Shanahan. The offense has looked very, very good, very creative. Getting Debo healthy is going to be a huge part uh, of what they're going to be doing going forward. But I don't know if I can put my Super Bowl bets uh, on a rookie quarterback, just because I don't think it's ever been done, especially when it's Mr. Irrelevant too. Although he has not looked like that, he is bound to run into some issues sooner rather than later. So um, again, we'll get, we'll get to my picks later. Uh, we'll see 
what the deal with that's going to be. But hey, if Purdy keeps rocking it like he's a five, he looks like a five-year veteran. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no no doubt about it. The 49ers are a Super Bowl contender considering you know the roster they have there and what production they can get from that quarterback spot. You know, it has not hurt them at all so far. So we'll see. Uh, appreciate appreciate the text there. Going to the next call right now. Lucas, it's Rocco. Uh, I was curious to hear your playoff picture breakdown. I want to see who you got in the playoffs, uh, who makes it, who does good, who's who's the fraud. Give me some uh, information. I'm about to start placing my bets because, man, my money low right now, and I need your help. You know... If your money's low, you might not want to roll me. My picks have been awful this year. I had one good week. I think the first week I did picks on the show, I was good. I had a good week of picks. And then from there, it was miserable. Like, I just have not, I've not been good since. I think I went above 500 in terms of the money line. So, hey, maybe I'm not the worst. Um, but, yeah, I've, it has been a, a struggle this year with picks, fantasy, everything. Everything has been, been a tough NFL season for me, man. All right, so when we're looking at the brackets here, the two one seeds right now, the Philadelphia Eagles at 13-2, and two, the Bills at 12-3. and three. Bills have clinched the division. Eagles have clinched the playoffs. Can still somehow snag um, a division there. The, the Cowboys 12 and 12-4 right behind. So as we go through at AFC, one seed Bills, 12-3. and three. Uh, Chiefs two seed twelve and three Bengals the three seed at eleven and four, and then your playoff teams you're looking at the Ravens have clinched the playoffs and the Chargers have clinched the playoffs. Chargers at nine and six, Ravens at ten and five. So we'll have one more wild card team and we have to figure out the South as well. And it's between the Jags and the Titans in the South, and then the Dolphins and the Patriots right now. The Dolphins are in right now. Uh, but the Patriots in the hunt, gonna have to try. You have obviously gonna have to beat the Dolphins, and then one more. The Jets are in the hunt as well. Steelers in the hunt. Like you said, the Titans after their loss to the Cowboys, it's gonna come down to uh, that matchup uh, against the Jags to finish out the season. Even if the Jags go to eight and eight um, with a victory over the Texans, it's gonna come down to that Titans game and the Raiders still looking at a miraculous. Uh, trying to get a miraculous chance there with Jarrett Stidham. And again, that's something I'll get into after. Uh, in the NFC, Saints in the hunt. Panthers in the hunt. The entire NFC South, uh, I believe, is in the hunt. Except maybe the Falcons. I think the Falcons are the only team that are officially... Uh, yeah, the Falcons are the only team officially eliminated for playoff contention in the South. You know, hate to see it. You know, as a Saints fan, I really, you know, really, hey, I really hate to see it. Uh, but yeah, Saints... Panthers all looking. Packers are looking to sneak in as well. Lions looking to sneak in, and they're going to have to beat the Packers to do it. And likewise with the Packers. Uh, Packers going to have to beat the Vikings as well to try and sneak in. The Seahawks, the Geno Smith-led Seahawks that we had so much had so much promise. Uh, that, that flame has burnt out. And they're on the outside looking in. Right now it's Washington. At seven seven and one, the Giants at eight six and one. Of course, that pass, that missed pass interference, certainly assisting in that. Uh, right now, it looks like the Buccaneers going to make it out of the South. Uh, Cowboys are in, Niners are in, Vikings are in, Eagles are in. Who do I see 
again, the it's not sometimes it's not necessarily about who the best team is. It's about who's going to get hot at the right time. Um, the and for me, the Eagles with all the injuries and everything. Again, is you know those guys that are going to be missing game reps. Lane Johnson's hurt. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I I'm not a hundred percent sold. You know, I was I'm pretty sold. The Eagles being you know the best team in the NFC. They've looked it. But are they going to be able to get those guys back at the right time, playing at the right level, uh, at, at the right level of health and ability in order to win in the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't see. I don't know who exactly is going to bounce the Eagles, and it's really going to depend on what I see from them, the backup quarterback against the, the Saints this week. You know, there's there's a lot of guys missing meaningful reps right now. Uh, but if they, you know, they, they get in as the one seed, they get the bye, they get some guys healthy, uh, I think that's a huge plus for them. But again, it's it's guys that are playing in the right groove. You know, you miss a couple weeks uh, due to injury, getting back in that groove and getting back to those game reps. Um, it's tough. It's tough to do. So all those injuries, even if they are, they get back to 100% or close enough to where they can, they feel like they're going to make an impact. There's still something to be said about the reps that they have missed, and that's the big issue for the Eagles. Uh, the Vikings. You know, they've won how many, like what is it? Twelve one they have twelve wins and they've won eleven or twelve one score games. It's ridiculous. They came all the way back, almost blowing that game to the Colts. Um they they better send like a fruit basket or something to Jeff Saturday be for just I disaster. Disaster. Yeah, you know, if they if they can come out with a convincing performance over the Packers, maybe I'll change my tune. But I still don't see the Packers as being, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, the Vikings is being that formidable uh, in the NFC. And then we'll flip it to the one and two seeds of the AFC. Bills, they, there's no, no I mean, they got to, it, it, again, Bengals this week, this is a big one. This is a big one to totally change. I mean, the Chiefs have the Broncos. The Chiefs are certainly, um, would certainly scoop up that home field if the Bills were happen to drop this contest to the Bengals. You know, and, and you know, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, it's going to be a good one. But, yeah, the Chiefs should definitely beat the Broncos, so they'll move to 12-4 and four this week. And I'll get to my picks later. Uh, Bills, Bengals, not entirely sure who's winning that game. But I still see the Bills as my Super Bowl favorite. It should be Bills-Chiefs once again. But the Bengals hanging in there after a slow start this season. And it has definitely been impressive because they fared much better than their Super Bowl counterparts last year in the Los Angeles Rams. So both the... The Ravens have clinched and the Chargers have clinched. I don't see them as Super Bowl threats. Um, but, you know, the Ravens have dealt with a lot of injuries as well. But you get into the playoffs with a healthy Lamar, you might be able to make some noise against, you know, a team like the Jags or a team like the Titans. That out of that South, that, that's, that's a very, you know, that should be a very winnable game uh, against the AFC South. The Chargers, they'll have to work it out a little bit more with our little Herbert Burrow affair as it stands right now. Well, and but in the Chargers, again, I just, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on the coach. I'm not sold on the defense. And, you know, to be completely honest with you, I'm not totally sold on Herbert yet either. I get a lot of just history repeating itself with Phillip Rivers vibes from that entire team. They're not doing, not amounting to much in the playoffs. Now in the NFC, the Niners, like I had said, I I do think they are a, they are definitely a Super Bowl uh, contender for me. Even with Brock Purdy, uh, the Raiders are trying to keep the magic alive this week with Jared Stidham. I mean, I don't know if they're really trying. 
uh, considering they benched their car, and it came down for Mark Davis more or less than anybody. But, yeah, 49ers and the Cowboys, again, I, I don't know. The Cowboys are just such a weird team to me, and they will never be a, a contender with Dak Prescott at quarterback. Never, never. They will never be a contender with Dak Prescott at quarterback. Point blank, the end, period, the end. I, 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 thank you, next. He's leading the league in interceptions, or tied for lead league in interceptions, and he missed five games. Like, no, sir, it is over. They have no chance in the playoffs. The Cowboys have no chance. They probably will exit first round if they do play the Buccaneers. Um, and the Buccaneers do happen to come out of the South. Uh, the Niners, like I said, even with a rookie quarterback, I still see them as a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, they have a strong, you know, pretty solid defense. Uh, they have a creative offense, and Purdy has looked pretty good. Um, so to this point, I can say that the Niners look like you know a Super Bowl contender uh, as long as Purdy doesn't decide to look like a seventh-round quarterback within the next two weeks. Uh, so the guys getting in, uh, the Giants, the Commanders, the Dolphins, the Patriots. The Dolphins, the only thing is just the – obviously some of those interceptions done by Tua due to the head injury. Like, there's just no way around it. Like, he, they got that, I mean, he, listen, he's not – I don't think he's – one of the greats but my goodness he's better than those throws that he was making so certainly worried about head health there the seahawks no i do see the lions getting in the lions i do see getting in you know bears and then beating the packers you know that last week i can see it but again with it's gonna be the lions or it's gonna be the packers i don't see the commanders getting in but they do have the browns this week and the brown beating the browns is a very winnable game um for them so the nfc picture i think it's going to come down to the um the nfc north is really who's going to end up getting in and do i see this and i'm just hoping somehow some way that the saints can sneak in but we have to beat the eagles this week which hey backup quarterbacks in uh we do have a chance to do uh going the other way with the afc raiders no they're done especially we're going with stidham if they do something miraculous with stidham I don't even know. I don't know. It will not happen. Titans, I think, are definitely out. I think the Jags are going to be in. Between the Steelers, Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins, it's going to be an AFC East team. I, I think the Dolphins are going to win this week over the Patriots and, and make their way into the playoffs. Um, but we'll see. We will see uh, how that pans out. I definitely see it being Miami or New England. But, I mean, hey, the, the Steelers, you can't sleep on them, but they got the Ravens this week. So that's a big matchup. They are able to go out. Uh, with Kenny Pickett and beat the Steelers, um, I'd be you know, a little surprised. But then again, the Ravens have been so banged up with injuries. Uh, we're not sure yet. We're not sure yet. So who do I think are the frauds? Who do I think's for real? I think the Niners are for real. Uh, I think anytime Tom Brady can make it into the dance, that he might not be for real, but he will make some noise, especially against a team like the Cowboys. Cowboys are not for real. The Vikings are not for real. Uh, the Ravens in the AFC, like any of the wild, the AFC wildcard teams though. But one, two, three in the AFC, the champions coming out of the, I mean, the, the the Super Bowl champions coming out of the AFC this year. The Eagles again, I think with the injuries and stuff, I don't know if they're going to be able to get hot at the right time. Vikings, no. The Niners, I think, the most dangerous team out of the NFC, and they have a rookie quarterback. And any of the three quarterbacks that he's going to play in the Super Bowl are between Burrow, Mahomes, or Allen. And then even if it's not them, it's Lamar or Herbert. As opposed to Brock Purdy, that's the that's the reality of the situation. I think that you're looking at. I think the AFC playoff picture of the teams that have clinched right now, 
It's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Probably in that order, too, in terms of who I think is the best. In the NFC, you're going to have a Jalen Hurts returning from injury, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, or Dak Prescott. And then likely to see the Buccaneers get in. So Tom Brady. But then again, they just have not. He, that, that Buccaneers team has not looked like they have um, under Tom Brady where they've made the Super Bowls where they, and won the Super Bowl. They're not looking like that. So 45-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Like the quarterback comp here, it, the, the, the champion is coming out of the AFC. That is the bottom line. It comes down to quarterback play. So, Rocco, thanks once again for the call. Uh, we got one more call to take here, and we're going to hit it right now. Yo, Lucas, you know who this is. It's your boy, the vet, big dog, Sonny Deli. Just calling in. Uh, I feel like, you know, I'm looking at the Eagles, picking at the Eagles when go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. They're looking real nice. That's if Jalen Hurst could pull it off in the next two games if we could beat the Saints. You know what I mean? And then looking at Brock Purdy, yeah, that man is looking real nice, looking real nice. I feel like he might win MVP this year. He's playing really well, coming from the last pick from the draft. And then last but not least, I'm going to have to go with Boston and the Milwaukee Bucks going at it in the Eastern Conference Finals. Because both teams, they're looking pretty well. Just wanted to call, give you my hot take real quick. And I'll catch you on the next show. Purdy, Purdy for MVP is a flaming hot take. If you mean Offensive Rookie of the Year, yes. I think he's a shot of Offensive Rookie of the Year if he plays well these last two games to make the playoffs and then look like a formidable opponent. Um, yeah, Eagles, like I said, I, 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 at full health, the Eagles are, I think, a Super Bowl favorite. I mean, I just like Jalen Hurts has looked really good. The Eagles have looked very good, but... You know, with injuries and everything, I'm not entirely sure of what product they're going to be able to put forth uh, when the games start to really matter. Um, that is, that's my only worry with the Eagles' is like game reps and everything like that. But thank you for the call, Sonny. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Eagles. I mean, again, they're just a solidly built roster. I mean, they have a good defense. They have a good pass rush. They have a good secondary. Uh, Slay, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown at receiver. I mean, they had lo- they were a loaded team. And Jalen Hurts has looked like an MVP. Uh, Brock Purdy's looked really good, too. Uh, like like you said, MVP, no. But certainly, certainly in that Offensive Rookie of the Year conversation because of just how well he's played down the stretch to help out this team. I mean, I think, what is he? I don't think he's lost a game yet as a starter. I'm going to have to double-check that, but I don't think he's lost a game yet as a starter um, in the National Football League. So he came in against the Dolphins, W, 210 yards, um, two touchdowns and a pick. Then Buccaneers, 35-7, to they trounced them, beating Tom Brady, two touchdowns, 185 yards. Again, solid completion percentage. Uh, then two more touchdowns against the Seahawks to beat them, clutch the division, then the Commanders wins by 17, two more touchdowns of pick. So he's stone, and he had a pick when he played against the Chiefs when he came in. Uh, but in the games, he, he started three games. He's won those three, all by uh, by at least one score. 
Two of them by multiple. 17, you know, 35, 7, 28 points is just a trouncing. He doesn't have to do anything spectacular with this team. He just has to game manage. So, yeah. Per, I, again, I do think the two, the, my two favorite teams in the NFC South um, are the Eagles and the 49ers. Again, but whoever is, is going to end up being to come out of the NFC is going to run into a lot of trouble in the AFC. And, yeah, NBA takes two. Bucks celtics uh, it was a good it was it was a solid christmas day matchup and it should be the eastern conference finals if everything plays out the right way in terms of how the end of the season standings look with the one and two seed uh, both of them are very good because i'll get into some luka Doncic uh stuff later in the episode because the dude's been on fire and that's it we got to get to our picks as well too but hasani thank you for the call uh gonna transition a little bit into some nfl talk Russell Wilson and Derek Carr coming at next. So the first thing I want to get into uh, is is that the Raiders have failed Derek Carr. You know, for Derek Carr getting benched for Jarrett Stidham, it's come down from the top with Davis, uh, mainly Davis. I think they were ready to let him play the last couple games, but they're going to move on from him, so they don't want him to get hurt. Uh, after signing that contract, he gets Devontae Adams there, his friend. Devontae's upset about it. You know, Carr just stepping away, saying, I don't want to be a distraction. And, and to me, like, the guys had, you've, you've given him six head coaches in nine years, even more of that, and offensive coordinators, the, the, a franchise relocation, bottom half NFL defenses every year. Except for the, what, the one year with Del Rio where they had a solid defense and Carr played out of his mind, and then he got hurt. He was probably an MVP candidate. Probably was the MVP until he got hurt. This guy has done nothing but deal with adversity, deal with the BS thrown his way, and has done and has really put up solid numbers. He's over thirty five hundred yards every year. You know the fourteen interceptions this year is tough at throwing. You know pretty much twenty touchdowns every single game. One year we didn't throw twenty touchdowns, and that was twenty eighteen. He threw the nineteen touchdowns, but twenty you know twenty plus touchdowns, you know thirty five hundred plus yards. The dude has had to deal with a lot. Offensive line troubles, no run game. Now they give him Devontae Adams this year, and they give him a run game this year, and he still struggles. It's a bad look, but you you don't. After one year of the guy struggling, after all of the stuff you've thrown his way, you cut ties. Like it, it they the Raiders failed Derek Carr. Derek Carr did not fail the Raiders. Like it, it, it's so unfortunate for the guy that handled stuff the way that he has, person that he is, uh, and the talented player that he is. And the Raiders, again, scapegoat is the term. Yeah, yeah. I think they're putting a lot more on Derek Carr when the reality should be looked at in ownership, um, in the GM's office, and, you know, in the coach's office as well. I mean, the Henry Ruggs thing, gone. Alex Leatherwood gone. Then you have like the the Damon Arnett's that were gone. Oh, first round picks is getting cut, like a year or two after the draft or the same year they drafted. Like help the guy out. He needs help defensively. A pass rush is pretty good, but he needs help in the secondary. He finally had a weapon this year in Devontae, but like you know, like one to, to, for the one year that he decides to struggle with a new head coach, like he's been through six head coaches in nine years, in terms, including the interims, and different play callers. Like the man does not deserve this, and you know, a change of scenery is going to be really good for Derek Carr. That's the reality. 
Because, again, the Raiders failed him. He did not fail the Raiders. Not one bit. And, again, they're looking at Stidham the rest of the year. I mean, Carr is a three-time Pro Bowler. The 14 interceptions this year is bad. But he had started 91 consecutive games to the Raiders, which was the longest active streak by any QB in the NFL. And, again, was was a huge piece in why Devontae Adams came to Las Vegas. And now they're going to go and find another guy. After this, oh, thank Derek, you got us our guy. Thanks. Now, see you later. Like it's, I I feel like it's been planned out even longer, you know, in advance of what they were gonna do with Derek Carr, and this team has blown leads, and that might come down to Derek Carr in a sense. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's still got a slice and blame fly, blame pie, but McDaniel's has never really been a successful head coach. You're you're placing a lot of your bets on a guy who's never truthfully been. A successful head coach in the NFL, as opposed to a quarterback that, throughout all this adversity that he's faced in his career, has been a successful NFL quarterback. Top 15, arguably top 10. He's pretty much his entire career. So, it, just not a decision that I like to see, and I hope that uh, maybe, Den- I mean, you know, maybe a Dennis Allen reunion down in New Orleans, or maybe if Sean Payton comes back, re- you know, and that's a possibility too. Uh, but, there are going to be pastures anew for him to explore, and I'm happy for Derek Carr to be able to explore those because he needs to, you know, it's just not a good situation for what he's in in, in Las Vegas. Uh, when he was in Oakland, he gave everything to that franchise, and they're still finding a way uh, to throw him under the bus when he's done everything he possibly can for that franchise. So I, I think a terrible look for the Raiders, and um, I wish Derek Carr nothing but the best in the future. So the next thing I want to talk about is another quarterback in this league, and it's Russell Wilson. And there was a report from Barstool Sports where it said Russell Wilson apparently has his own office and private uh, private parking spot at the Broncos facility. And then you look through the article and you're like, yeah, his, his own office? What do you mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, I mean, I like Barstool Sports a lot. But, you know, my head I'm thinking like, nah, they don't want to be true. Like, that's, that's a bad look, right? And then Jerry Judy comes out, responds to the article, and goes, I ain't going to keep looking at these false statements about my boy Russ, man. As a teammate who sees the elite work ethic this man has is incomparable. He got an office because he's committed to he's committed his life to this game. I never had a teammate who motivated me more than Russ. So then he confirms that the office is a real thing. Which... You know, that might even be a fake I care tweet just a way of like confirming the office was real to throw his teammate Russ under the bus because he doesn't like Russ. It might be a sneaky little dig there by, you know, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing, clothing, if you will, because a lot of Russ's teammates do not like him. And this might be part of it. No one, even, like, even the quarterback, as big of a part as they are and as much as they get paid, no one is bigger than the team. This is not good for team chemistry. Um, and, and I and, I, and you know now that that's come out, I'm sure more will come out. I'm sure Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett's people are going to come out with stuff, and that might even be stuff that got leaked from Nathaniel Hackett's people. Because I'm starting to feel bad for Nathaniel Hackett a little more each day. His own office, like like he's this. I I don't know. I, dude, no one is bigger than the team. Tom Brady doesn't have his own office, and he's dedicated his life to the game football. 
So don't try to make it seem like he's giving more than the next guy. Because there's guys like Tom Brady out there that, that are giving everything. And they don't have their own office. They don't need their own private parking spots. I think I think the human in your teammates is, is is the biggest part of being able to trust them, and the number one thing is being able to trust your quarterback. Not to mention that the middle of the field right now, he just does not explore, he's not throw to. That's, that's another thing too. Um, you're starting to see you know some play calling things with Russell Wilson. Uh, there there are some flaws to the man's game. He's not playing at the level he was, and he might not be able to make those throws to the outside because of the height disadvantage he has as much anymore. You know, losing Javante Williams is, is was a, was a problem really. In terms of when he got the injury, but yeah, the office is just a bad look for Russ. It's been nothing but a terrible look. The Broncos organization, uh, the new ownership group coming in. This might be the worst contract that the league has ever seen, and there's been some bad ones. But Russell Wilson right now, it looks it looks absolutely miserable for him and the Broncos, and it just. It's just such a distraction. I mean, Derek Carr is going to step away from the team because he feels like, you know, it could be a distraction. Well, Russell Wilson has his own office. He, they got to take that away from him. And it's just so bad now because you've already shown the team how much more you like. It just, it, it the damage is already done. Like people are already going to resent it for that as it is. Like, he doesn't want to be around them. Like, I, it's a bad look. It's a terrible, terrible look. And you have to be able to trust your teammates. There has to be a form of trust. And then you're going to trust the guy with his own office that thinks he's bit bigger and better than the team? No. No. A lot of guys that resent him, they have a right to. Think you're better than us? Play with us. You're on our team. We're four wins. Or is it five wins? It doesn't matter. They're terrible. They have been brutal, terrible to watch. And Russ has been a big part of that. Hackett's already gone. Like, there have just been some just mistakes made in that Broncos organization. But, yeah, given Russ's own office is certainly one of them. So, I do want to touch on the NBA a little bit. Um, Luka Doncic, guy's pretty good at basketball. 33.7 points per game right now. 8.9 assists. Hitting about 36% of his threes. Shooting 50% from the field. Pretty good. Pretty good. Don't, don't, um... Also, also, yeah, 8.8 8 rebounds, 8.9 assists. Trying to get there in triple-double numbers. 1.7 steals as well. Turnover is almost four a game. But, you know, the dude is basically the Dallas Mavericks. Like, who's his help? Who's his help? He doesn't have help. He had 50 against the, the, the Rockets, shooting about 57% from the field. Uh, proceeded to almost have a triple-double on Christmas Day against the Lakers and a comeback win. Uh, 32-9-9. Again, shooting 56%. This time, 67% for three. Uh, then against the Knicks, they go to overtime in a victory. 60 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. And then, that's while shooting 68% from the field, mind you. And then shoots 52% from the field against Houston. Again, dropping 35 points, 12 rebounds, 13 assists. I mean, the guy's pretty good. The guy's pretty good. I mean, he is just a kid, too. He's super, super young. He's 23 years old. Um, just uh, just a little bit older than me, actually, by a couple months. He's already in his fifth season. 
Atlanta fans are probably very unhappy right now. There's the whole Trey Young disaster, Nate McMillan. Man, they got a lot of stuff to unpack in Atlanta. But we're but Luca has just been unreal as usual. Uh, and they put him. It, it, it they it bumped them to a lot of these places. I looked at the NBA, the the Kia NBA range. He was like, you know, he's at a really he's he's averaging thirty, like almost a triple double. He's averaging about thirty four nine and nine. And he doesn't have a lot of help, and that's kind of the reason why a lot of those stats are inflated. But it also those stats should be inflated because he's that valuable. It puts him to number three in the MVP rankings. They have Jason Tatum above Luca in MVP ratings. And I don't get it. And it's the same thing with Jokic, too. Where I guess Jokic doesn't necessarily have as much help because he's almost averaging a triple-double. But less points. You know? No Jamal Murray. Aaron, Go- But Aaron Gordon's more help than what Luka Doncic has in Dallas. Like, how do you look at what Luka's doing and not... He is. He is the most valuable player. If you look at his last 10, too, and he's really making a run out of it. In his last 10 games, he's averaging 52% from the field, 40% from three. 9.7, so 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 1.4 steals, and 36 points in his last 10 games. So it's it's going up. His value is just increasing more and more. And maybe it wasn't like that off the start because, again, there's one thing you worry about with Luka. It's the shape that he keeps in. He's like, I'm tired. I need a recovery beer after that Knicks win. Well... Time to start looking after your body, pal. But, again, just, he's been incredible. He's an incredible basketball player. Um, he, he really is that Dallas man. He's already taken him to a, to a conference finals and looking like he has a chance to do it again. But he needs help. They need they need to find a way uh, to get him a piece to help him out. Because, it again, these numbers are not good in the sense as to where it's like, wow, this guy is all we have. But, you know. Dallas hanging in there. We'll see, you know, what the future holds for them. They're at twenty and sixteen. You know, it's a deep West Conference. But again, it's been it's been incredible to watch what he's been doing. And I and I do think it should really slingshot him to number one in the MVP. And I think it will if he continues to play at that level. Certainly more than Tatum because Tatum has Jalen Brown. He has a loaded roster. Like that's the one that gets me. Is 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 to put Tatum over him. I know the Celtics have had a really good year. You know, KD's right behind him. Like, Jokic and him, they have no help. There's not really guys in those rosters really truthfully helping them. You know, Giannis too, because, you know, Middleton and Holiday are very solid players around, but not of the caliber it's like of Kyrie, not of the caliber of Jalen Brown. So it's like, these are guys that have less help. Same thing with the bead, with the, with the, with the rusty heart. Like, like, same thing with the bead. It, it, I mean, Jalen Brown's in the top ten as well, and I think that speaks as well as the Celtics have played. Um, and I think Brown probably even deserves more praise than Tatum, just because of how, you know, how much better he plays later in games and how much more charge he takes. But man, Luca, like, like having him in front of Luca is crazy. But then again, it, is, it has been a lot more of the recent success of Luca, but he's still averaging thirty-four nine and nine. So, how much more do you want from the guy to be more valuable than that? Like he is their team. Without you take Luke away from the Mavericks, they are nothing. Take Tate away from the Celtics, they're still gonna be decent. You know, you, you take you take Giannis away from the Bucks, probably gonna fall off the, the the face of the earth. Take KD away from the Nets, probably not gonna be as good, but they won't fall away. Like you know what I'm saying? Like these those are those personally for me, those are realities. So yeah, Luka Doncic is 
very, very good at basketball. That is the reality we're looking at. And we'll see, you know, how you know he fares the rest of the season. Lastly, we have a rundown of picks. And cue the music. Michigan TCU college football playoff. Michigan minus seven and a half. You Michigan outright and to cover the spread with some solid running game. I'm going with Michigan to just run through a Big 12 team. Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia minus six. Give me Georgia. Again, just I think Georgia clearing away the best team in college football. And yeah. Give me Georgia. I like, I like Georgia, especially with Ohio State without Jackson Smith and Jigba. Still a solid team without him, but yeah, we're going to run with Georgia. Now we're going to run down the NFL scores. Obviously, the Cowboys having already won and covered the spread against the Titans. We got Falcons, Cardinals, Falcons minus five and a half against Trace McSorley. Two terrible football teams. Give me the points. I'll take the Cardinals. Uh, Falcons to win. Cardinals to cover just because of both very bad football. Bears, Lions, Lions minus six in Detroit. Give me the Lions to win. Bears to cover in a late divisional game. Broncos, Chiefs, Chiefs minus 12 and a half. It's at Arrowhead. Give me the Chiefs to win. Broncos to cover. Dolphins, Patriots, Patriots are favored by minus two and a half, which means that a neutral site because they're at home. The Dolphins are still a half-point favor with the backup quarterback. Give me the Dolphins to win outright and cover that spread. Obviously, as the dog. Dolphins outright in New England to basically solidify their playoff chances. Colts, Giants, 1 o'clock. Giants favored by 5.5 in East Rutherford versus Jeff Saturday. Give me the Giants. Minus 5.5 to win outright and cover the spread. Saints, Eagles in Philly. Philly favored by 5.5. Give me the Saints outright. Saints upset. Over the Eagles, the banged-up Eagles, the backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew quarterback. Eagles, give me the Saints to win outright. And obviously cover that spread. Panthers, Buccaneers, give me the Panthers outright over the Buccaneers. The losing skid is going to continue for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they look to clinch the division. Give me the Panthers to cover the spread and to win outright. Browns, Commanders. Washington favored by two, which means that a neutral side they like the Browns. Give me the Browns to win outright. I'm going a heavy underdog spread this week. But give me the Browns to win outright. Jaguars, Texans. Give me the Jags to win and cover versus the Texans. Over the Texans will play well. Give me the Jags to win and cover going into that make or break game against Tennessee. 49ers, Raiders, San Fran favored by nine and a half. Versus the now Jarrett Stedham quarterback Raiders. Give me the Raiders to, oh, not the Raiders, give me the 49ers to win and cover the spread in Vegas. Nine and a half on the road is tough, but give it to me. Jets, Seahawks. Jets favored by one and a half in Seattle. The Geno Smith revenge game. Give me the Jets to win and cover with Mike White coming back in Seattle. Packers, Vikings. Give me the Packers to win and cover. The Packers are 7-8. The Vikings are 12-3. The Packers are favored by three. It's ridiculous. Give me the Packers to win and cover. Rams, Chargers. It's going to be at SoFi, obviously. 
Chargers favored by six and a half. Give me the Chargers to winning cover. Now we're going on to the Sunday night game. Steelers, Ravens. Ravens favored by two. Steelers still trying to make it to the playoffs. Give me the Ravens to win and cover the spread. First, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Monday night, we got Bills, Bengals. Bills favored by one and a half. Give me the Bills to win and cover over the Bengals, which opens up that divisional race once again between the Ravens and uh, Bengals. Now they're going to the final week to see who wins the division there. But give me the Bills to win that ball game. And that rounds out the episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, obviously, the pick's a little more short and concise there. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully, everybody's excited for one take at a time as I start to produce that. But once again, thank you, everybody, for the calls and the text that was you know overwhelming in the support that I got with that. And it really does help me flow throughout this show when I get calls and texts. So thank you for checking in and calling in. But that's all I got the time for today. It's your boy Rufus signing off.